You are listening to Community Connections, Community Talk for Community People, the program featuring the news and interests of the African American community. Malcolm X said that education is the passport to the future, for tomorrow belongs to those who prepare for it today. By giving a monetary donation to the United Negro College Fund, you can help students attending HBCUs all over the nation fulfill their dreams. Support the cause, because a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Did you know, according to Wikipedia, at a minimum, 99% of American households have radios with FM tuners. However, one in five households have no ready internet access and, more importantly, cannot afford the additional cost for internet access. Least likely to have access? Those on fixed incomes, minimum wage earners, the poor, and less educated, which means masses of people are cut off from much-needed community information. If you missed any part of today's Community Connection show, you can listen again at 2 p.m. by going to the station's website on the Internet. If you do not have the Internet, please call the radio station on Monday at 752-3456 Ask for the market manager, Shannon Dunlap, and let her know you do not have the Internet at home and the library and community computer access locations are closed on Sundays. Ask her to please air Community Connections on the radio in its original time slot of Sunday afternoons at 2 p.m. so you will have access to important community information and topics. Get connected, be informed, and stay involved. Good morning, this is Community Connections. I'm former State Representative Carl Williams and now serving on the board for the NAACP of Saginaw County. And today we have uh, another wonderful guest. One of the dynamics that is starting to happen is that really good public servants are starting to, in this county, to retire. And one of the things that we on this program really want to make sure that we do is to not only talk to those individuals if we get the opportunity, but to also thank them for their service. And this morning we have Susan Kaltenbach, who is our Saginaw County Clerk. Sue has been our County Clerk for 16 years, and she's retiring December 31st. And let me start, Sue, by saying good morning. Thank you. And second of all, let me say that we all want to thank you for your years of community public service to this community. And Sue, I I think it's fair to say that county clerk is not one of those glamour positions that you get in public service. And by that, I mean that county commissioners, uh, trustees, council persons get most of the attention because the media pays attention to them, if not on a bi-weekly basis, on a monthly basis. Every month they're covering them as opposed to offices like yours work quietly every day, but do a lot of important things that affect our everyday lives that may not get the media coverage as those other I mentioned definitely do. And the appreciation that should come. A lot of times in my mind that's merited does not come simply because of the office and what it does. We talked a little earlier uh, before we went on about just the fact 
that politicians, uh, for the most part, are looked to do a certain thing where people in your office are looked to just perform their job. And so the publicity is not there as it should be. But for the benefit of those who may not know you, Sue, can you give us a little history on Sue Kaltenbach and a little bit about why you decided to go into the office that you served in for 16 years? Before I get into my history and job, Carl, in that state representatives, your trustees, your city council, and so forth, they are what we call policy-making groups, and therefore those people are elected to be policy-makers. And in the jobs, the six elected positions at the county, which would be the county clerk, the sheriff, the drain office, the treasurer, register of deeds, and the prosecutor, those positions are considered administrative positions. And our duty is to run those offices for the county for the sake of the people, because the people are the ones that are paying us to do this. So we are like little executive directors of these departments. And so I'll go into that later on. That really is one of the differences between those six elected positions and others. Mm -hmm. We do not make any policy. And we don't have people coming in and arguing about policy with us, but we do sometimes get disgruntled customers who don't like maybe what we have to tell them because that's what the policy is. So that's one big difference. But how did I come to this? Um, I guess even as a youngster, I always enjoyed public service and doing things for other people, which I hope to be able to continue to do. Um, I was a teacher to begin with for a while because I did enjoy working with children. And then I transitioned. I had a family, and even while I was raising a family, I did a lot of public activity. I was in um, different groups that uh, worked on parent associations, things like this to do with the school districts because, again, the school district was my background. And so I did a lot of public service there, even with the symphony and with different groups like that. So art goes to school, a lot of different things. I guess it's looking back a long ways. I can hardly remember all of those things, but things I could enjoy doing and raising a family at the same time. Then in 19... um, Let's see, I guess it was uh, 88. I was elected to the Saginaw Township School Board, and I was a trustee there for 12 years. And then when this opportunity that the office was going to, that there was a possibility that the person running for county clerk was not going to run again in 2000, I thought, well, this sounds like a position that I would like to uh, do and perform service for the county and for the people of Saginaw County. So in 2000, I ran for that office and was fortunately elected and have looked at it as, I look at myself more as a, as a public servant. I mean, that is those jobs rather than as a politician. Mm-hmm. And that is a, a difference. Um, you were explaining to me, as I said, prior to, to us going on the air, um, what you did in terms of the expectations as opposed to a politician, and you're, you're definitely right on that. Sue, when you first entered uh, the office of county clerk, what did you envision in terms of what 
Sue wanted to do, and how far did you get on that dream? Well, I knew coming into the office that there had been some changes by my predecessor as far as updating court records, which is a part of the office. But I also was interested in voting and how elections ran. Uh, I knew some, but I didn't know all that was involved. And also with the vital records, which are really deaths, births, marriages, and all of those public records that are held in the clerk's office, that I really wanted to be able to get them into the modern age, which means using a lot more computer technology and things like that. And I have really, I I guess I'm very proud of the fact of some of the things I've done. When you come into the office today and you want a copy of a birth record or marriage record, it takes us only a few minutes to locate it because uh, right away came into 2000 into the office. By 2001, we were scanning all births, deaths, and marriages onto uh, a system in the office in order to access them very quickly and be able to print them out for people and so we could get them in and out. Because the other another policy that the county has is, yes, we have a lot of records and things that people need, but we don't want everybody even to have to come into the courthouse. Uh, we want them to be able to, because of parking and traffic and everything, that whatever we could do, we would do too to put it out there. I developed uh, in 2001 also, I had an intern to make a web page, and that web page we've only improved on over the 16 years to make as much information possible to people, like with former elections and all kinds of information so that if a person goes to that website, they can pretty much find out what they need and how they can come prepared if they have to come to that office. So that's really what I think I've done is brought all of that into the 21st century. And of course, there always can be more improvement because technology changes. But at this point, um, we really are on a cusp of many things that other offices haven't been able to do yet. My one, I guess, thing that I haven't been able to accomplish that I had hoped to do is with court records, and that's because I have to work with the courts and the judges. And I would like to eventually get to, there will be electronic filing of cases, and so all information, again, you won't have to have attorneys coming in to even file cases and file motions and things downstairs. But the system, uh, statewide, there wasn't a system that had been decided upon that we could actually do this at this point. There are a few counties that have led the way in that that have a little more money than what Saginaw County has Mm -hmm. had. But it is in the near future. Okay. That's a lot of things um, that, that you have to look after. What does your office have to do with voting, Sue? Well, the county clerk, of course, is the chief election official for the county. And Michigan is one of eight states uh, in our country that has government below a county level. So therefore, also, I work with 30 different clerks in the county, that's 27 townships and three cities, to work on elections. And basically, um, those clerks have certain duties, and I have certain duties. But in the end, when we have an election, 
I pull in all of the results, although some of the local clerks administer those elections. I really put the ballots together, and that's the other thing. I've saved the money, uh, a lot of money for the county in preparing our own ballots. Um, I work on a, 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 piece, a software system from a vendor that um, we can produce those ballots and then send, have them approved by the state and send them to a printer. And um, like I say, that I feel like we have control then of our ballots mm -hmm. and the production of them. I can hit timelines a lot better, and the information there is much more accurate than if I um, put this out to a vendor to do and then just have to check it. You know, um, I am very comfortable with the work that my deputy and I do in that office um, to check things and have everything ready so that we don't have mistakes because that's how we end up on the front page. Mm -hmm. It's not a very pretty light. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, because you've been in, in this office for like 16 years, uh, one of the things we at NAACP have been trying to do is to just stress the importance of voting. And I know that in your position you see what the numbers look like, general election numbers uh, as opposed to uh, midterm uh, election numbers. If you could share anything with the people in the community in terms of the importance of voting, what would that be as you see it? Well, we have a lot of registered voters, but the highest even in a presidential election was like 63%. Um, that, you know, in this day and age, and these are the people that are going to make those laws that we have to abide by. So therefore, we need to have more people out voting. If you can get to the polls, or I'm also pushing, and especially now in these elections, absentee voting. I can tell you I was at a meeting in Lansing, and I've served on several statewide committees for the Secretary of State and the Bureau of Elections. been fortunate to be selected by the past two Secretaries of State to do that, and even the present one. And we were just there last week, and they're thinking we're going to have a tremendous turnout for this election. But then again, that doesn't give us reason. I'd like to have a tremendous turnout in the primary, even though the presidential candidates aren't going to be on that. But we need people to get out and elect their local people. I mean, I'm talking about your, you know, your uh, township trustees and supervisors and clerks and different people like that because those are the people that make your local rules. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, they affect the way you live. I say that government is there for a purpose, and the purpose of, really, of a government is to um, have people who can put together rules and make the things necessary for us to live. Roads, water, sewers and general laws that we can all live together. If we don't have the things that we need to live and survive, that's a problem. And yeah. that's some of the problem I see today, especially in state government and our federal government. Excellent, excellent. You know, we, we hear talk about connecting the dots. You just connected them in terms of, of, of why it is important for individuals to vote. And the other point that you made that I really like is we're also trying to, at the NAACP, push this, that 
getting people registered is what you hear about a lot. But if the people who are reg- registered would just vote. If they vote, and the other thing that they need to t- keep track of is that their voter registration is updated because that tends to, especially on the general election day in November, create more problems because people may have moved, but they didn't change their voter registration. Now, this happens every time if you go and change your driver's license, which is what the whole system is predicated on, the voter registration system, which is what we call um, the qualified voter file in Michigan, is all, and in other states mostly too, is tied to the driver's licenses. Mm -hmm. So if you change, or your state ID. So if you change your address, you need to have done it timely. Otherwise, you know, you do have a certain window of 60 days to go back and vote at your old place. But we know too, Carol, because of the economic times that we've gone through lately since 2007, Mm -hmm. that a lot of people are moving a Mm -hmm. lot more than they ever have before. Mm -hmm. Excellent point. Excellent point. So I would like to just repeat to you that We want to thank you, uh, not just for the interview today, um, but uh, because you and I have personally been friends for a lot of years, but also just for your service, just for your service. Uh, Not just this office, but as you've said, you served in a lot of places for a long, long time. So that means that you have the people at heart. And again, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking to our Saginaw County Clerk, Sue Kaltenbach, who is retiring after 16 years in office uh, this December 31st. And again, Sue, we want to thank you and wish you the best and say that you be blessed in your future endeavors. Well, thank you, Carol, for the kind words. I say I've only done the service that I thought the people of this county deserved. I was a full-time working employee for my salary that I received, and I'm very proud of that, too. Thank you. Hello, I'm former State Representative Carl Williams. As a member of the Saginaw County NAACP, I'm again urging the community to vote this election year. As an organization, the NAACP has tried to make the connection between voting and quality of life. After the lead poisoning issues in Flint, Michigan, and the Supreme Court decision gutting the Voting Rights Act, there should be no doubt in anyone's mind about the negative consequences of not voting. Not voting produces emergency managers, obstacles, to voting and insufficient resources for educating our children. The 2016 election cycle has to be a year that is proactive instead of the same old reaction that occurs after our community experiences blow after blow. So we not only encourage the registration of new voters, but if those who are already registered would only vote, the quality of our community lives would greatly improve. Again, Flint's lead poisoning issue and the gutting of the Voting Rights Act leaves us no choice. This year's elections will determine the makeup of our state government and our nation's Supreme Court. Hello, this is Fire Marshal Ralph Martin of the Saginaw Fire Department. This year's theme for fire prevention is Hear the Beep Where You Sleep. Here are some tips for your safety. Plan your home fire escape. Bring all people in your household together and write out your plan. Make sure all members of your household understand the escape plan. Be sure to assign someone to assist infants and anyone with mobility challenges. Choose an outside meeting place away from the home where all family members can meet after they have escaped. 
it is a good idea to share this meeting place with your neighbors as well. Walk through your home and make sure all escape routes are easily accessible and that doors and windows open easily. Make sure your street number is visible from the street. You want emergency personnel to be able to find your home quickly. This is Fire Marshal Ralph Martin of the Saginaw Fire Department. Hear the beep where you sleep. Be safe. For the benefit of our listeners, can you explain the difference, even though you're elected, your office is elected, can you explain the difference between your office, your position, and and people who are elected to public offices, such as state reps and council people? Well, again, my job is an administrator, and I will tell you one of the harder parts of the job, actually, is overseeing the staff of 16 people. I employ 16 people. And, um, you know, there are always things that you, you know, need to do if you have employees. And um, I've been very conscious of trying to run an office where people want to work and like to work. And so I feel that's one important thing that is different from a state rep or something else, because you may employ a couple of people as your aides and helper staff, but um, mine actually are working people. So I think that's an important difference. And again, where I'm there to serve the people and try to get them the documents and the things that they need for everyday life. And before the show, we had also talked, and you talked about some differences between policymaking and administration. Right. Could you explain that? Well, I'm in a position that I don't make the rules. I always have to check the rules. In other words, as far as like birth certificates, some people get upset because Grandma wants to come in and get her grandchild's birth certificate. Mm -hmm. Well, the state law says, and the Department of Community Health says that we can't give it to a grandma. That we have to, we can, that birth certificate, because it's a piece of identification, is only available to who's named on it, which means either a parent or the child themselves. So that, and that's, you know, protection for identity thefts and a lot of other things. It has really become much more important over the last 15 years anyway, because everything changed after, um, September 11th. Mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. was a huge change. And with all the identity theft that's going on today, we have to be very careful. So we try to explain it to people, but there's some people that may get a little upset because they can't do what they want to do. So my office is, 
you know, we have to follow the laws. I can't skirt that. And so we try to let them know in a gentle way that that's the way it works. Great. you enjoyed the show today. Thanks to all of my guests. And I invite you to tune in again next Sunday morning at 6 a.m. for another sharing of community talk and information. That's community talk for community people next Sunday right here on this station. Thank you to those who make this program possible. My segment producers and interns and the technical guru extraordinaire G.E. Rodfather Robinson. The Community Connections theme song was written by local author, poet, and social activist Asigat Mersha. Today's Community Connections radio magazine was brought to you by the Saginaw branch of the NAACP and its Youth Council, where membership is power, and Evans and Brown's Funeral Home, serving the Saginaw community for almost 150 years. Remember, get connected, be informed, and stay involved. To book a guest on Community Connections, kindly send an email to mcmproductions.cc at gmail.com. On next Saturday morning at 10 a.m., tune in and check out Saturday at the Oldies with the Rob Father. That's Saturday at the Oldies right here on 107.1 FM. Stay tuned. Up next is the Gospel Lady, Vicki Hill. I'll talk to you next week.